Hello everyone and welcome to On The Bridle. This is a podcast covering national hunt and flat horse racing hosted by myself, Grant Bradbury. And if you're just stumbling across my episodes now or you've missed the first two, we are previewing the five days of the Royal Ascot meeting 2019. Now, before I begin with a preview of the racing on day three, I just wanted to point out that it's it's pretty evident that there's a lack of early entries for some of the races, so I can't really give a selection on them, and I will advise on which ones, and hopefully nearer the time I'll be able to give everyone a selection for the race. Uh, it's not like the Cheltenham Festival in particular, where you get early entries and you know the races that the trainers are aiming the horses at, and you can sort of decipher which way they're going to go and make an informed choice. There really are no entries early enough for Ascot so I can't make a choice until five days before or closer to the time. Um, I might do an extra episode maybe to cover the races that I've missed uh, maybe a day or two before the racing starts on the Tuesday. Uh, the first race on day three is a great way to kickstart Ladies Day. It's the Norfolk Stakes. It's a five furlong group two and the race was won last year by a horse called Shang 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 trained by the US trainer Wesley Ward. He's going to try and repeat the feat this year with a horse he has called Maven. Uh, Maven's available at the moment at around six to one. He's an American Pharaoh Colt who is a huge star in the US. Uh, Maven won a two-year-old race in New York, uh, which is very different to Ascot. But Wesley Ward doesn't just bring them over here for the race. He will be trying. He obviously thinks the horse has got a good chance. Um, so he's obviously aimed him at this race. Aidan O'Brien is another trainer that targets this race. He has... At the moment, the market leader, a horse called Monarch of Egypt. He's had one run and won really impressively. Although most people will be aware, Aidan O'Brien, the trainer, came out after the race and said, if Monarch of Egypt will need another run, if he's going to go to Royal Ascot, well, he hasn't had that other run. So either he's going to come here without it or he's going to miss Royal Ascot altogether and have other targets. So I'll wait to see whether he lines up. If he does line up, I will back him because if you go back and if you can watch his race that he won, it was seriously impressive and the form's been franked. So if Monarch of Egypt does turn up, I will back him in this race. Um, I think Maven will get shorter in price. So if you wanted to take an early position, maybe six to one, because if Wesley Ward turns around and says this horse has got a great chance, some people will just latch onto that and, and back it accordingly. The second race on day three is the Hampton Court Stakes. It's a mile two furlongs. It's a group three race. And because it's a group three, not a group one, the race has no early entries and it's impossible for me to analyse. So I did read somewhere that a tra the trainer Charlie Fellows has advised that his horse King Ottica might run in this, uh, who ran at Chester and Newbury earlier in the season. He's run on good to soft ground, so the rain that's happened in the week leading up to Ascot shouldn't be a problem. But until I see the full entries for this race, I can't really give an opinion. Uh, so I'll move swiftly on to the third race of the day, which is the Ribblesdale Stakes. It's a one mile four furlong group two race for fillies and mares. Uh, again, this is difficult to assess because quite a few of these fillies ran in the Epsom Oaks. Most of them will have other entries. I know some of them are entered in the Pretty Polly over in Ireland, which is a race over one mile two, I believe. Uh, others will be entered in the Irish Oaks at the end of July and have other targets. So the one that I believe is definitely confirmed and will definitely run is the Sir Michael Stout Horse Queen Power. She's currently the four to one favorite. And obviously I think she's been backed into favoritism because everybody knows that this is her confirmed target. Whereas some of the others might go elsewhere. Uh, she has won a race this year at Ascot. Uh, no, sorry, she was second at Ascot and then she went up to York, I believe, and won. Um, I don't actually fancy her for the race. I fancy a horse called Manuela de Vega of Philly, uh, trained by Rafe Beckett. She finished fourth in the Epsom Oaks 
she reversed her Chester form with the John Gosden filly, who she obviously finished in front of at Epsom, but behind in the Chester trial. Um, I really think that this filly will be suited by Ascot. She has great place claims in the race for me. I know she's obviously another one that has entries in the Irish Oaks and the, and the Pretty Polly race over in, in Ireland. I think Ascot would suit her more than Chester and Epsom did. I know she handled Epsom perfectly well, so she's obviously quite well balanced, but I think Ascot will really suit her. And Rafe Beckett is a genius with fillies sometimes, and I think she'll run a great race and a solid 8-1 to one bet. If anybody wants to take that position, I know she's not been fully 100% confirmed and what I just said a couple of minutes ago is obviously still ringing in my ears so I'm I'm tempted to go in but I might hold off until the, the declarations I don't think she'll shorten up that much uh, the feature race on day three is the gold cup over two miles four furlongs and now this all revolves around the reigning defending champion Stradivarius uh, Stradivarius will be a short price uh, for John Gosden and Frankie Dettori he won the race last year, probably be around six to four. He is at the moment. He might get shorter on the day. You might even get a bigger price. Uh, Stradivarius has won his last six races. He's run at Ascot four times, winning three of them. The only time he's lost at Ascot, he finished third. He lost by a length. And that was in the last run of his three-year-old career uh, in the Long Distance Cup at Ascot on Champions Day. And it was by no means a disgraceful run. It was a great run. And after that, he's gone on this long winning streak. So the challenges to Stradivarius, you've got the second favourite cross counter at 5-1 to one for Godolphin. He went down to Australia. He won the Melbourne Cup last year after finishing fourth at the Royal Ascot meeting, which I'll touch on later. Uh, he's very strong. He's obviously got to stay another half a mile. If he does, he could be a serious contender. DXB is a horse for Mark Johnston, who some people have been touting as the potential main challenger to Stradivarius. DXB has won twice this year, once at Ascot and once at Sandown from the front. I was quite impressed with his Sandown run. I thought to go from the front and dictate the pace and then quicken at the end, it was impressive. He still has to improve a little bit to get close to Stradivarius though. And I'd be more inclined to look at what Aidan O'Brien or Willie Mullins throw at them. Aidan O'Brien usually has a stronger hand than he does this year. Um, I think Q Gardens is the shortest price of his is at six to one, but I don't fancy Q Gardens in this. I want him to race on the Saturday in the Hardwick. So I hope he doesn't run in this. Uh, O'Brien might run Flag of Honour, but I don't think he's good enough to beat Stradivarius at all. Willie Mullins has a horse called uh, Thomas Hobson at 20 to one, I believe. And if Thomas Hobson lines up in this race, I think he's a great each way shout. He finished close to Stradivarius last year. Willie Mullins is no stranger to these long distance races at Ascot. He won't mind what ground conditions turn up because he's won on softer ground over jumps. So at 20 to 1, Thomas Hobson could be overpriced. Uh, I do think that I'm struggling to find one horse to beat Stradivarius, let alone two. So I think Stradivarius to finish in the top two, if I can get a, a close enough to even money or maybe just a shade of odds on, if possible on Stradivarius to finish in the top two, which I doubt. But if I can get it, I'll, I'll definitely think about having quite a big bet because I, I really can't see him finishing outside the top two. The fifth race on the third day is the Britannia Handicap over a mile. Now, I think the bookies are really guessing about who will run in this race at the moment. I mean, I'm just, I just looked at the betting a minute ago. There's multiple horses for King Power Racing entered. They've got two or three horses in the betting. Um, so I really think the bookies are unsure who will line up. They've got multiple horses from two races, one at Haydock and one at Epsom that was run. Uh, so they really don't know. I mean, the horse that I've picked out is a horse called Victory Command 
who finished uh, behind one of the market leaders for this, a horse called Beatboxer for John Gosden, who's 12 to 1 for this Britannia race. Uh, Beatboxer won the Haydock race he ran in last time, which had loads of good and progressive horses behind him. He won it quite nicely. Victory Command was behind him, but they're very closely matched on uh, form. And Victory Command has finished in front of Beatboxer before, but it's double the price. So uh, he's a Mark Johnson horse, so I don't have a problem with him in a big field handicap. I think 25 to 1 is a great price for Victory Command. Uh, Beatboxer obviously has a chance, but when they're double the price, uh, I, I think you have to go for it. So Victory Command would be my selection at the moment. Obviously, I'm unsure about the full lineup and I'll have a closer look when they're out, but I do like him. Um, so really, if I run through the selections for, oh, it's pretty pretty dire to be honest for day three because we've got the second and the last race with no selections at the moment because we have no entries uh the first race on the day I'd, I'd like monarch of egypt to be turned up and maven i think will go down in price so if you wanted to take a short price about uh if you wanted to take the six to one about maven i think he'll go down uh stradivarius to finish in the top two i think he's banker material for the week i know some people will be putting him up as the banker to win for the week so yeah i think he finishes top two regardless and I'd say victory command at 25 to 1, but I will obviously wait and see what happens and, and who's entered. If there's another one that I like, I'll definitely put it up. So what I'll try to do is once I've previewed all five days of Ascot, I may try and do a separate short episode where I cover the races that haven't had entries yet, maybe a day or two before the meeting starts. Uh, or alternatively, I'll probably put them up on Twitter, on the OTB Racing Podcast on Twitter, and I'll put the selections up like I will do every day anyway, but I'll put them up uh pre-Tuesday so that everybody can see them for the races that I haven't covered so far. So thank you for listening for my to my day three preview. I will swiftly be moving on and previewing day four, which hopefully will have much more selections and a few more big prices for you. So thanks for listening again and thank you very much. <laughs>